I want you to get your Bibles, if you would, and turn to um, the book of John, John chapter 10. Several years ago, uh, I read a, a book on Psalm chapter 23 by a guy named Philip Keller. And Keller was a guy that had spent some time working as a, as a sheep rancher, and he wrote about his experiences with sheep in light of Psalm chapter 23. And Keller says that sheep require more attention than any other livestock. They, they cannot take care of themselves. Uh, matter of fact, he says they're just downright dumb animals, and they're extremely nasty, and they're just dirty. In Matthew 9, when... Um, the Bible tells us that Jesus was, was looking out at the people in Jerusalem as he was coming into the city. Um, the Bible says that he looked upon them with compassion. Matthew says that he saw them as a sheep without, shepherd, without a shepherd. Now, when you hear those words and you, and you think of Jesus looking with, upon the people with compassion, I want to give you a little bit of insight into what Jesus was thinking and what he was seeing at that moment. He saw people as helpless, as, as people that were confused. It was not necessarily a compliment, although there was, he was overwhelmed and filled with compassion. He saw people of Jerusalem as folks who, who desperately needed a shepherd, as people who were helpless, as people who were lost. And Keller says that unless a shepherd leads a herd of sheep out of a pasture, they will stay in one place and actually ruin a pasture. They will eat every blade of grass until a fertile pasture is nothing but barren soil. You cannot drive sheep like cattle. They have to be fed. Sheep are nearsighted. They are very stubborn, but easily frightened. They have no means of defense. They have no homing instincts. Dogs, cats, horses, and birds can find their way home. But when a sheep gets lost, it's a goner unless someone rescues it. There's no way a sheep could ever make it out in, in the open without a shepherd. Now, interestingly enough, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, Isaiah says this. He says, all of us like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Now I want you to think for just a moment of the description that I have just given you of, of sheep and, and, and also what Isaiah has said about sheep as well. Stubborn, nearsighted, easily frightened, defenseless, oftentimes wandering off the path, tend to follow other sheep without thinking, oftentimes get confused, and they're not always the sharpest animal in the zoo. Sheep are mentioned over 300 times in the Bible, more than any other animal. Why is that? Well, God's Word says that you are a sheep. And I'm a sheep as well. And because we are sheep, we do not have the wisdom, we do not have the courage, and we do not have the strength to make it in the big, bad, open world without the right shepherd leading us. Why? Because God knows that without Jesus with us, without the Holy Spirit empowering our lives, which is what we talked about last week, out there in the big, bad, open world, we will get eaten up, we'll get attacked, and we'll get trampled. And listen, I, I have no problem admitting to you that through life, I have had a tendency to do exactly what Isaiah described, to go my own way, to drift off, to try to do things in my own strength. Sometimes I can be very stubborn. I can be very easily uh, uh, led off the path. I can be very nearsighted at times. And there are moments that I also feel weak and helpless. There's moments that I feel like I need a rescue. There are times that I actually need someone to carry me and protect me. There are many, many moments that I have wisdom, that I need wisdom, wisdom that I don't have in my own strength to navigate through this big bad world that we live in. And so here's my confession to you this morning. 
As a pastor, as a man, as a dad, as a father, I am in desperate, desperate, desperate need of a shepherd in my life. Well, God knows that we're all sheep. He created us. He understands that that sin has affected every area of our lives. He knows our tendencies. He knows our hearts. And because God knows us intimately, and because he knows us completely, and because he knows us perfectly, he knows more than anything else that we need a shepherd in our lives. We need someone to care for us. We need someone to lead us. We need someone to go after us when we wander and stray away. And right now, especially with all that we've been through over the last few months, especially over the last couple weeks, he knows that we need someone to carry us. We need someone to carry us right now. And here's the amazing thing. God himself has promised that he would be our shepherd. I want you to listen to these scriptures of promise from Isaiah chapter 40. It says, Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Know that the Lord, he is God, from Psalm 100. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Ezekiel chapter 34 says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. One of God's names for himself in Scripture is the, is the name Jehovah Ra. It's the words that, that David used in Psalm chapter 23 where he said, The Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Ra is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, I want you to look at your Bibles for John chapter 10 for a moment. And I want you to listen to the words of Jesus. And as I'm reading these words to you, I want you to think of how these words impact your own life. I want you to think about the implications on your own life this morning through Jesus' words. Jesus says to his followers, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good sheep the good shepherd. And I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now I want you to to take note of something that I think is incredibly important here as we listen to Jesus's words. As Jesus is talking here, once again, he uses the phrase I am to describe himself to his followers. If you remember from Exodus chapter three, God used the words I am to introduce himself to Moses from the burning bush. I am literally means self-existent. It means eternal. It means absolute. It means almighty. It means a being that is is created from out of nothing, that, that rules the universe, someone that has always been and always will be. When Jesus uses the word I am, he's actually calling himself God. And when he calls himself the good shepherd, he, he's saying to us that he is the same God that promised to be a shepherd to the people in the Old Testament. That's why when you look further down in the story and you think about all of the people that were listening, I want you to think about a crowd full of not only his followers, but crowds that were onlookers or trying to you know, figure out and make sense of who this Jesus was. But there were also enemies in the crowd. There were people who, who wanted to kill him. There were those that, that, that were just waiting for him to say the wrong words so that they could bring accusations 
accusation against him. And in John chapter 10, verse 31 through 33, it says on this day there were many that wanted to kill him because they were completely appalled that he had the nerve and the gall to actually claim that he was God. But Jesus' intentions were very clear in making these statements. He wanted his listeners to understand the same thing that he wants you to understand today. He's more than just a good teacher. He's more than just another prophet. He's more than just a religious leader, and he is more than just another good example to follow. He is the God of the universe who promises to be everything we need, not only in this life, but in the next, if we will trust and believe in him to be our Lord and our Savior. So as we dive into today, listen, in today's I am statement that Jesus made about himself in John chapter 10, I want to proclaim one big truth to you this morning. I want to claim one big truth and then I want to get, grab some other truths out of this statement. He's not just a good shepherd, but listen, he is a good shepherd who truly, truly, truly loves his sheep. If you don't take anything away from what I say this morning, I want you to grab this. Now, I'm not sure what you, what you believed about God when you walked in the door. Maybe you've had a lot of questions about God here lately. Maybe you have questioned how he has chosen to operate in your life. And, or maybe you have, you've asked the question and wondered how he feels about you at this very moment. Maybe, you, maybe you've come from a very rough past. Maybe you've wandered away from the shepherd. Or, or you've allowed um, you know, some other, like what the Bible calls hired hands to come into your life who has, who has caused you to get off the path or has caused you to, 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 to be astray. You've wandered away from the rest of the flock. And right now you feel farther away from God than, than you have in your whole life. Well, listen, again, if you don't grab anything else that I say this morning, please grab a hold of this. God loves you. And if you truly belong to the shepherd and if you have a relationship with him through Jesus, he loves you more than you'll ever be able to comprehend or understand. You are his child and he loves you as much as an incredibly good father could possibly love a son or a daughter. And my prayer for you this morning is that you will receive that truth into your life today. Now, if you're here, listen, and you don't have a personal relationship with God, listen, I want you to know that my staff and I and and the people in this church, we have been praying for you. We've been praying for you over this past week that God would lead you into this place and that you would understand and realize how much God loves you and that you'll give your heart and your life to him before you leave this place this morning. However, if you're still doubting, if you're still wondering, if you're still skeptical, and if you're struggling with this idea of, how, of, of God being a good shepherd or you just need some encouragement today, I want to show you from God's word how, God's, how God loves us as his sheep, how he loves us as his children. I want you to write down these words if you're taking notes. Because God loves us as a good shepherd, the shepherd protects his sheep. Now, if you were to look over a shepherd's job description, one of the things that would be at the very top of the list would be to fight off enemies that threaten the sheep. Now, back in Israel, when this was written, a shepherd may have had to fight off all kinds of wild animals. There would have been lions, there would have been wolves, there would have been bears. It might have meant that they have could have had to have fought off robbers and thieves who might have wanted to climb into the sheepfold and try to steal a sheep. Oftentimes at night, a shepherd, he would, he would gather his sheep and he would lead them into a sheepfold for protection. A sheepfold was typically uh, a, a, an area that was surrounded by uh, a wall of rocks that was too high for sheep to jump over. And many times the shepherds, they would take thorny branches and they would place them on top of the rock wall to prevent thieves and robbers from climbing into the sheepfold. 
Somewhere in the wall of the sheepfold, there would be an opening. And the opening would just simply be large enough to allow the sheep to either enter or to exit. And at nighttime, after the shepherd had gathered all of the sheep into the sheepfold, he would lay across the opening to either serve as a door or, or to serve as a protector so that, so that no enemies could get to his sheep. Anything that wanted to harm the sheep would have to first go through the gatekeeper, would first have to go through the shepherd in order to enter the sheepfold. This is one reason why Jesus also says in John chapter 10, verse 7, he says, I am the door of the sheep. No one can get into the sheepfold and be part of the herd unless they go through this door. And Jesus calls himself the door. He also calls himself the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. But also, Jesus is painting a picture for his listeners of just how committed he is to protect and defend his sheep. In talking about sheep, Jesus says in John 10, 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So I want you to know that because the good shepherd loves you, he wants to protect you. But also, our shepherd also knows his sheep. In John 10, 14, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, a good shepherd, a good shepherd back in the day and a good shepherd even today would know the name of each of his sheep. He might call his sheep by name into the sheepfold or call them out every morning by name. However, in Scripture, I want you to know that the words to know, mentioned here in this passage, they actually mean much more than being able to identify a person by name. It involved, uh, it's a term of intimacy. There There was a deep understanding of the person involved. In the original Hebrew text, the words to know describe an intimate personal love relationship between a husband and wife. And Jesus says this, he says, I I don't just know my sheep by name. He says, there's a deep, intimate love that I have for my sheep. And in return, they have the same kind of love for me. The shepherds during this day also knew the nature of each of their sheep. They would know kind of the tendencies of the sheep sheep that that were in their flock. He knew which ones were prone to wander. He knew which ones were stubborn and wanted to to go their own way. He knew which sheep were hard of hearing and struggled to obey his voice. And that knowledge basically gave him a great understanding of his flock. Now, I want you to know that when I read this, I'm encouraged, but I'm also relieved. I'm encouraged because I know that I have a shepherd that knows me by name. He actually loves me enough to give his life for me. But he also understands me. And I'm relieved this morning because... He knows my weaknesses. He knows my struggles. He knows that I have a tendency to be, t- to be stubborn. He knows that in the past, I've had a tendency to wander off course, to try to do my own thing. And yet, because he knows me, because he loves me, because he protects me, he still embraces me as one of his very own. David, de- David describes this shepherd in Psalm chapter 139. He says, he says, Oh Lord, he says, you have examined my heart talking about how much God knows him. He says, and, and, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. That's how intimately God knows you. That's how, much, that's how intimately God is involved in the little things of your life. When we truly understand how much God knows us and still loves us, It just should make us want to know him more. When we know more and we know his heart more, it it will cause us to know that regardless of what we go through in this life, we can trust him. 
It should also cause us to want to listen to his voice and obey what he says. He is a shepherd who loves us, who protects us, who knows us, but he's also a shepherd who cares for his sheep. In John 10, Jesus gives us a little bit more insight into the mindset of the thief and the robber who want to harm the sheep. He wants to steal the sheep secretly. He wants to harm the sheep violently. And we see in, in, in verse 12, we see the words hired hand also mentioned. A hired hand was someone who was, was a pretender. He was someone who, who said he cared for the sheep, who actually posed as a shepherd. But when danger came against the sheep, Jesus mentions a wolf in this passage, the hired hand runs away in fear. Why? Because he didn't truly care about the sheep. He really truly didn't care about protecting them. He didn't care about their best interests. See, a true shepherd cares for his sheep lovingly and courageously. He goes before them and he finds the best pastures. He finds the safest source of water. He knows that the sheep must lie down and rest. And so before they actually lie down and before they actually rest, he makes sure that there's no dangerous enemies hidden in the pasture. And he keeps, an, he keeps a, a very close watch on his sheep who are prone to wander off. In Psalm chapter 20, 23, King David writes about his own experience as a shepherd. And he parallels his experience of being a shepherd with how God cared for him as a shepherd himself. He says, because the Lord was my shepherd, he said, I lack nothing. I didn't need to fear evil. I didn't need to worry about my future because as part of God's flock, he said, I knew that I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David reminds us, he said, when it comes to things like green pastures and quiet waters and right paths and dark valleys and dangerous enemies, he says, nothing is beyond the skill of a good shepherd. David says, he protects me, he provides for me, he even corrects me if I'm needed. And at the close of the day, when I return from being out in a pasture, he said, I know that if I'm wounded, that if I'm injured, he said, I know that I have a good shepherd who at the very moment, when he sees my wounds, when he sees that I need healing, when he sees my injuries, he turns into a great physician, a physician who provides healing and rest for wounded, weary sheep. Because our good shepherd loves us, he also, and we know this, gives his life for his, for his sheep. When Jesus was speaking these words to his followers, he made, the, he made a very monumental statement. He said, I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, why was this such a big deal? Well, because these people knew that throughout Jewish history, sheep were offered as sacrifices to pay for the sins of people. Sheep died for shepherds. But when Jesus came along, he created a brand new covenant. And under the new covenant, the shepherd died for the sheep. Now I want you to think of how many lambs. Think of from the time that the nation of Israel was created, when we first were, were are introduced to Abraham in the book of Genesis. God sent up a way for sins to be atoned for. There had to be sacrifices. I want you to think for a moment, how many lambs, how many sheep would have been sacrificed in Israel's history to cover sins? thousands I mean thousands upon thousands upon thousands and yet no matter how many they killed it was never ever enough to completely finish the job however Jesus in one act in one act of sacrifice he died for the sins of the whole world once and for all and he did it willingly think about that for a moment how many of us in here would actually lay down their life for a sheep I want you to know if you had a sheep or if I had a sheep and that sheep was being threatened or if it was going to die, I'm not giving my life for that sheep. The sheep's a goner, okay? But Jesus loved us enough to die for us. 
He loved us enough. The good shepherd did something that was unthinkable. He, he gave his life for a bunch of no good, stinky, undeserving sheep. Some of you go and speak for yourself, Brian. I am. All right? It makes no sense. But Jesus described it this way. He said in John chapter 15, 13, he says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Now, listen, this isn't a shepherd who looks at us and just sees us as part of his job description or someone who who looks at us as a hobby or someone that, you know, I I just kind of hang out with these people because they humor me or I'm just trying to kill some time. We're not a hassle to him. This is a shepherd who loves us enough to actually call us his friends. And then I want you to know that a good shepherd, because he loves us, the Bible says he never abandons his sheep. John chapter 10, verse 27 says, My my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. This is huge. Jesus says the sheep that truly know me, the sheep that have truly put their faith and their trust in me alone to be their shepherd, they never, ever, ever, ever have to worry about me leaving them or someone stealing them from me. Here's why. He says, he breaks it down. He says, I give them eternal life. In other words, they will live forever. They have eternal life in heaven. I think about just the the two staff members that have left us this past couple months, Andrew Prey and, and Sharon Flowers. And although their earthly lives came to to an end here on earth, their eternal lives picked up just at the moment that they passed from this life and they entered into heaven. It was just like a a smooth transition. You say, how can you be so sure that that's the truth? How can you know that for a fact? fact? Because Jesus says, my sheep will never perish. Jesus laid laid down his life for us so that we might have eternal victory over sin and death. And then he says this about his sheep. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Now, I want you to know the word snatch here gives us the idea of someone coming against us with violent force. You say, who's Jesus talking about here? Well, if you look back in verse 1, he describes a thief and a robber who doesn't come into the sheepfold by the gate. But instead, he tries to come over the wall. And what is his goal when he's coming over the wall? He is trying, according to John 10.10, to either steal kill or destroy listen i want you to know something satan longs to destroy you but if you belong to the good shepherd you have nothing to fear he longs to wreak havoc in your life but if you belong to the good shepherd i want you to know he can't destroy you jesus says regardless of whether the thief or the robber comes in to harm you he says i will never abandon you i will protect you satan may try to use violent force against you but when you belong to jesus nothing ever ever can tear you out of his arms listen, it's a good time to clap. There are way too many folks out there, way too many sheep out there who are just falling into Satan's plan because they haven't put their faith and trust in the good shepherd. Listen, Satan's plan will ultimately, look at me now, will ultimately lead you to a very, very real place called hell an eternal life full of suffering and darkness. There are other sheep who do know the Savior, who do know the shepherd, and yet they've wandered off the path. And maybe, maybe you've been following one of these hired hands that Jesus described, someone who poses to be a shepherd, but at the first sign of danger, they abandon you. Listen, I want, I want to I ask you this morning to put your trust, to put your faith in the good shepherd. The good shepherd loves you. He loves you enough to protect you. He loves you enough 
to want to have an intimate relationship with you. He loves you enough to care about everything that you're facing. He loves you enough so much that he actually laid down his life so that you could have an eternity in heaven, so that you could have your sins paid for, so that there could be an atonement once and for all. He loves you enough to make a promise to you that he will never, ever abandon you. Jesus said, I have come. I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The thief, the robber, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I have a different plan for you. He said, an abundant life, a life that's full. And so many of us, we look at, we look at a life of Christianity, we look at this idea of putting our faith and trust in Christ, and we don't, we don't get the clear picture of what this good shepherd is presenting to us. We think sometimes because Satan's lying to us and we think that there's something out there that's better, we think of this life that's listless, this life that's boring, this life that's dull, this life that somehow or another is going to cause us to miss out on something that's out there and yet Jesus makes us a promise. He says, listen, when you have life, when you, put, when you follow the good shepherd, when you put your faith and trust in me, not only do you have life, but you have it more abundantly. And this morning, the good shepherd offers you abundant life. He offers, you, he offers you forgiveness from your sins. He offers you a fresh start. He offers you eternal life. He offers you protection. He offers you his love this morning. With your heads bowed at this very moment, if you have walked into this place and you're looking at your life and you're going, I am not part of that flock. At this very moment, I want, to add, I want to just encourage you to cry out to the good shepherd and say, would you save me? Would you rescue me? Would you allow me to come into your fold? If that's you this morning, I just want you to pray with me. This is not about a magic prayer. It's about a relationship. With that said, if you just would pray, me, just pray with me, just say, at this very moment, Jesus, I accept you into my life as a good shepherd. One who has paid the full price for my sins. One who offers me at this very moment forgiveness. And Lord, I confess to you at this very moment that I need forgiveness, that I've sinned. And my sin has created not only a distance between us, but it's caused me to be spiritually dead in this very moment. Thank you for leading me to you. And Lord, I'm not going to turn you away. Lord, I receive you into my life at this very moment. What you did for me as a, as a lamb, by shedding your blood, Lord, by paying for all of my sins with, just, with your blood, Lord, I receive that as my gift of salvation. I realize, Lord, that that was enough to pay for my sins. And so I take every bit of my trust and every bit of faith, Lord, that I have, and I put it in you alone. And I ask you to be not only my Lord and Savior, but Lord, would you be the good shepherd of my life this morning as well? If you just prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you into God's family, into God's flock. And I'd ask you to do us a favor. Take out your, the communication card that we talked about earlier in the service. There's a box on that card that says, this morning I prayed to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Would you take that, fill it out, and take it to the help center? We want to help you to take the next step in your journey of being a Christ follower. For the rest of you, I don't know where you are in your life right now. I don't know what you're, what's you're, you know, what you're going through, but you're here this morning, and it's not an accident. 
God knew that you needed to hear about a good shepherd who could bring hope to your life. Over the last several months, God has just put this word hope on our hearts as a staff. That's why we changed the name of our gift offering to the hope offering this year. Because I think we realize as we look around us in the community, and we, I mean, we were just inundated in this building and up at Cartersville yesterday with just people who need hope. I sat there and met a guy yesterday who um, he's, has a daughter who's about five or six years old, and, and I noticed on the ground there were three little, um, I don't know, baby carriers. It's been so long. And he had triplets, little girls, nine weeks old. And I said, I said, man, I said, how did, what, when your wife told you that you were going to have triplets, I said, how did you feel about that? And he went, I cried. He said, because I just lost my job. And I just got a note from him this morning that he's, yesterday got an eviction notice. See, there's a lot of people out there without hope. And the only hope that we're going to find this morning is in Jesus Christ, our good shepherd. And there's some of you in this room this morning that you're feeling hopeless right now. You're feeling as if, as if you need a rescue and you, you don't know where to turn. I, I want to read just some of the words of the song that we're going to sing this morning because I don't want you to sing this song again as just a closing song and you know the, the song that we sang before we left church. I want you to sing it. And I want you to let the words soak into your heart as you sing it. All my hope is in you. All my strength is in you. With every breath, my soul will rest in you. Sounds like sheep who need a shepherd, right? Here in my weakness, always the same. Your love is my shelter. Your life is my way. And I love this constant Savior, friend forever. Lord, you have my heart. How many of you could honestly say this morning, Lord, you have my full heart. Every bit of me, you have every bit of my heart this morning. Every bit of it. Sure foundation, never failing. Lord, you have my heart. If that's us this morning, if we are the folks, the sheep of his pasture, I want us to stand, I want us to sing as Jamie Lynn leads us. And before they lead us, I want to say thank you to Chase and Jamie Lynn and this whole crew that are up here, Michael and the rest of you for leading us in worship this morning. Y'all have done a phenomenal job. Thank you. Let's sing.